I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question. Yes, it is a fair question. Hello, this is Vic Cohen broadcasting live. Yes, it's live. This is really live from stunning, beautiful Skid Row Studios in downtown Los Angeles, California. The name of the show is It's a Fair Question. Because on this show, every question is a fair question. That's right. There is absolutely no question ever that is too personal or ever off limits. And that's very important for you to remember tonight. Because we're getting kinky. Kinky. Yes, we are. We're getting very kinky. So get in a kinky mood right now. Put yourselves, all of you listening, in a kinky space. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. If you have a dungeon, get in it. That would be of a kinky place. So my guest is a, I would say she's a very special woman. Her honesty and her openness is very admirable. And, you know, I always bring in people here who I find fascinating. And she is definitely one of them. Now, after a breakup about four years ago, my guest sitting just three feet, maybe two and a half feet across from me, she realized after this breakup that there was a burning need for her to explore certain sexual curiosities. That's right. And we all have them, don't we? Yes, we do. Even you. Uh, Yes, (laughs) we have them. But the difference is this lady, this woman, this girl, this female, she went for it. And she went for it in a very big and naughty and very kinky way. And then she wrote a play about her experience. And she's here to talk to you and me about her play and about her sexual awakening. Oh, no. Yes, you have sexually awakened. I'm awake. Uh, yes, you look it. <laughs> I'm talking with Jean Franzblau. Nicely put. Yes, thank you. Now, um, I'm getting direction from uh, Mindy. Oh, she wants you on top of your mic. I'm on it now. Yes. So Thanks, if you're Mindy. yes, okay. Thank now, you. It'll sound sexy. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. well, you have no problem sounding sexy, Jean. Thanks. Now, you are an actress, a playwright, and I'm calling you also a very vulnerable human being. Thank you for saying that. I am feeling vulnerable this evening. Yes. Well, it's very um it's very appreciated, and I know that um it's going to be uh it's what makes you special. Thank you. So thank you for for opening up to us Mm -hmm. and sharing your story. Mm -hmm. Now, the name of your play is Coming Out Kinky, A Grown-Up Story. (laughs) Okay. So before we get into the play and kind of the background of it and your life story, let's just talk really briefly about the kind of mechanics. Right now, you're putting together a fundraiser, like a a kickstart kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing it on Indiegogo.com, which is like Kickstarter. Okay, great. And what what are you trying to do there? You're trying to raise money so that you can produce. You've written the play. That's right. I've written the play. I've done a preview performance of the play, so I already know it's solid. And now I'm putting together a fundraiser to fund the world premiere of it, a full-length production, which in LA would be a five to six-week week run. Okay, great. And we'll get into more of that in a little bit. Sure. Uh, and if you wanted to find out more about it, just go to kinkygene.com. Mm-hmm, right. Okay. Now... I want to describe, for those of you who aren't watching, I'm going to describe Kinky Jean because she really doesn't look that kinky, I have to say. She's wearing a purple sweat, 
sweater, uh, something you could probably get at a um, your typical department store. It's it's very nice, but it's by no means provocative. Yeah, Banana Republic. Banana Republic. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's got a a black. Uh, it's layered. There's like a black. Uh, what would you call that? A t-shirt. We would call t-shirt? that a t-shirt. Okay. Then. Yeah, she's. Uh, She's wearing a watch. She's got no, and a, and a necklace, very modest necklace. There's nothing that, there's no piercings that I see. I don't even see any tattoos. Uh, she looks like a woman that would be perhaps uh, carpooling, a soccer mom. Oh, I see no. her at a, maybe a PTA meeting. But definitely a, somebody who looks like a corporate trainer. Corporate trainer, because that's what you do. Yeah. Correct? You're very corporate, very buttoned down. I am. But looks can be deceiving mm-hmm. because Jean is not just one thing. She's many things. Yep. So- Let's get right into it. Okay. Because I'm I'm really curious. <laughs> You've had some really interesting Facebook interchanges since we talked you, about yes. doing this show. That's right. Nothing but all above board. Nothing oh. too correct. Uh-huh. Very very professional. Oh yes. Now, what makes you so kinky? I'm going to start listing some things. You're okay. going to start listing some things? And you say yes or no. Oh, good. Okay. 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 I thought you wanted me to just come up with no. it myself. Oh, uh-uh. good. This is a yes or no. Oh, this is a yes or oh, no. Oh, no. And yes. I okay. can't wait for this list. Uh, group sex. Oh, Vic. Yes or no. It's a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> the show's called It's a Fair Question. Um, we'll the, come back to that. We'll come oh, back to can that. Can I just say that yes. a group sounds very anonymous? Okay. I like the idea that whenever I'm with somebody or beat buddies... Mm-hmm. That they be people who I know and trust. Okay. How's that sound? So multiple partners at one time who you know and trust, you've been a part. You've I'm open that. to that. Okay, great. Uh, what about lesbian sex? Uh, I consider myself heterosensual. I-, I once posted on a kinky website that I was heteroflexible and I had to back <laughs> it down. That's because funny. it's just not, I thought that was sexy and cool. Like it's right. cool to be bisexual and I just couldn't hang with it. It's not really what I fantasize about. And yet there are moments. What I've realized recently is that girls are so soft, you know, so I've, I've done some cuddle parties. I've been to cuddle parties. I facilitate them right. and I've had some snuggle experiences with girls. And I, what I mean by that is women and they're just so soft. They really are. And, and so we'll get, soft. We'll get into the cuddle party in a little bit. Yeah. Um, maybe if we have time, hopefully. But the idea of the cuddle party or snuggle party is people get together. It's not a sex party. And it's just what it sounds like. They snuggle. Pajamas. Right. They wear pajamas. It's very nice. I've been to one. You have? Yes. Just one? I've been to one, maybe two. Okay. I like snuggling. Mm-hmm. And I think women are very soft myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what about S&M? Yes, and yes. Uh, sadism and masochism. Yes. Now, when you're, when you're inside of that world, which I yeah. am, mm-hmm. they're using a new phrase I want to share with you, which is BDSM. Okay. Because folks in this world are very nerdy, very big on definitions, and BDSM covers a lot more ground. When you say this world, you're talking about the S&M BDSM world. I am. Okay. Which, which we call... The scene. (laughs) It's very dramatic. People are very dramatic in this geeky world. And we call it the scene. I've been in the scene for several years. Okay. So um, what about um, when the S&M world, what are the the proclivities? What are the things that particularly hit your hot button? Mm -hmm. So I discovered it first. Oh, this is such a crazy story, Vic. Yeah. So... Uh, There was a point in my life when I was out of work and I needed some cash. So I posted on um, Craigslist uh, something that I've done a lot in the past, ever since I was a kid. So it's just something I do very easily, which is babysitting. Yes. And I receive, uh, somebody contacted me and said, I have something I'd like to offer you that's different than babysitting. Mm -hmm. And 
he said, I'd like to um, clean your house for $20 an hour. And I'm like, well, that is what a a, um, a, a maid does. No, right. thank you. Right. And he's like, no, I, I want to clean your house for t- and I'm going to pay you $20 an hour. Oh, wow. Do you have his number? He's awesome, right? <laughs> so so that's when I first realized that there are men who are really hankering to be of service to a female in some way, shape, or form, and that's their kink. And who knew how much I would enjoy, <laughs> like really so enjoy. Him. I did. Or he hired after, you. After um, I screened him. Okay. Lots of conversations, meeting for coffee. Now, let's, let's like just that. backtrack on All right. that. Okay? Isn't that kinky enough? It is kinky. I like kinky. that. It's a good story. And my home got clean and I felt it's so perfect. sexy. And yeah. I wasn't kidding about getting his number. Here's the deal. <laughs> what? There are a lot of kinky women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I'm listening to your story and mm-hmm. there are a lot of girls, women, they like being spanked or they want to spank someone. They have their thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I want to first of all know is mm-hmm. who is Jean, mm-hmm. meaning you, prior mm-hmm. to, I guess there was a breakup. So I want to know mm-hmm. like who, what makes this awakening so unique and different? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was what were you like sexually prior to this breakup four years ago or so? That vanilla. What does that look like? And vanilla is another kink word for okay. heterosexual, typical, more typical. I wasn't doing super kinky things, so I guess what makes it big for me is that I there were all, all this stuff that I'm exploring now that I feel so happy and vibrant, and you can see my eyes are shining and they are. all that. That was being repressed. So year after year repressed. So why that was important to me is that when I when I said yes to myself, it opened up a box of energy. What was how old were you during when the breakup happened? In my 30s. So I discovered all this kinky stuff in my late 30s. Okay, so you're in your late 30s. Up to that point, you had uh only had sex with one person no. when in a relationship? No, why would you think that? <laughs> so, so you said vanilla, I don't know. To me, vanilla would be being in a heterosexual relationships. Right, right. So so monogamous. First of all, late bloomer. So the first time I was had intercourse, I was nineteen. When did did you masturbate when you were younger? Uh, yes. All through At your fourteen. Job? Okay, so I yeah. had discovered a book. When once I when I was doing my play, I became quite curious. Like, where did all this kinkiness come from? Like, did it just sprout in my late thirties? But then I started to analyze the type of books that I was masturbating to as a teenager, and I'm like, what were oh. they? What were they? So there was this book called Maya M A I A about a 15 year old slave girl who's sold into slavery under sexual slavery. Oh hell's yeah. Yeah. It's a whole world. It's a whole uh, fantasy world. Okay. With with a lot of detail. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What so the hell just came off? Of your this? mic cube came off. Don't okay. worry about it. All right. Let's talk about this book. Okay. So you <laughs> you at fifteen discovered this book. Where was the book? Was it lying around? You found it in a book. This store? is another thing. Is that every book I ever found or magazine that I used to work with to enjoy my sexuality all came from my sister's room. Oh. Okay. They're just around. These cla- books. Okay. Around. Where did she get them? Good question, but she's four years older. So You're the youngest of three? Yeah. You have a sister and a brother? Yeah. Right? Okay. She was the oldest and my brother than myself. So for me, it was just like mana from heaven. Oh, there's another book. Flip, flip, flip. Read, read, read. Dog ear, dog ear. Page, page. Right. Yeah. So you're reading uh, a book about, it sounds like slate, S&M-ish kind of yes. Uh, yes. backdrop. And then uh, you start, then you went, you lost Virginia in 19 when you were in college? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I asked... I asked a, a, a guy out 
I was very feminist. So I thought that's something I haven't done. I'm going to do that. And we fell mm-hmm. in love like first date. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So you had a college love. You, mm-hmm. you, made, you had sex with this guy. Yeah. And was, then went for six months. Okay. And that's when I crashed. So the, the breakup, I didn't have, I just, it, it, you know, I disintegrated. I was in so much emotional pain. And so all throughout my 20s, I was just basically looking to heal or, or trying to figure out what was going on for me. And I had a lot of therapy and other stuff to help me what was come going to wholeness. Uh, I'm not, I, I think I had some daddy issues. I okay. think I might be one of the few. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Certainly, and there's probably nobody in the audience who can identify. But having somebody I loved uh, step away and just say, I'm through with this relationship, crushed. Were your parents my... divorced? No, no, they're still together, actually. Okay. So I'm a sensitive soul. Right, okay. You know, they might have fought once, and that made my daddy issues. No, it's probably not as simple right. as that. But, okay, so uh, you're, you end up uh, going on and having what would be considered typical, healthy, normal relationships uh, in your 20s? I would say no, no, you, no, 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 no. Were you dating no, no. at all? I was dating and sometimes I would like be with somebody for a couple months and then I would obsess. I mean, I really had a lot of imbalanced. I, I, I can't say I was super healthy. Were in my you 20- a sex and love addict? Yes. Or a love addict? Are you a psychic? Well, it sounds like those are the characteristics. There's a, such a, there is such a program for those of you listening. That's a 12-step program called Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous. Now, a person who's a member of a program like that makes a commitment towards anonymity. So what I can tell you is, is that ex- that type of program exists and that kind of issue I had. Okay. And I'm feeling better. Right. After so, six years. So that was helpful. It uh, sure was, some, along with a lot of therapy. Right. So mm-hmm. then you're feeling more healthy yes. and then you find a relationship in yes. your 30s. Yes. Yes. And, and uh, was that the most significant one of it your was. adult life? It was when we hit the six month mark because I had never passed it, that six month mark all through my 20s. It was a big threshold for us. We went to dinner to celebrate. It was super, super Where'd you go to dinner? We went to Pradeep's in Santa Monica, which is where we had our original date. Okay. And I I, I made this um, bunch of slips of paper of like really sweet things of I care, you know, what I liked about him and loved about him and put it in a little satchel and gave it to him and he would open one up and look at it every day. It was super sweet. So so what happened with that relationship? Hmm... What happened is that uh, the way I see relationships now is that everyone is a growth experience. I don't think every relationship is a failure if it ends. And I don't think it's a success if it continues. And so I think this relationship hit its its end point where all the personal growth and all the great stuff we could get from the relationship had completed. And yet I had no ex- I didn't know how to get out of it and because I knew it would hurt his feelings. So you were done emotionally, but but um, I was you didn't not, know how to exit. I had no idea how to exit, and I had a I, I didn't know what to do. So um, and also just a reminder: get really on top of the okay. mic. I'm on top of the mic. That's perfect. Yeah, just okay. get on top of it. Okay. Okay, great. And um, so you end up eventually somehow this relationship ends. Yes, longer. It went longer than than okay. it needed to, and it finally ended. And that, my friend, is when I gave myself the permission. I was so happy to have my freedom again because I was, you know, I was, I had fidelity. I was loyal to the relationship because that was the definition of our relationship. It was monogamous. So once I had my freedom, I was uh, ready to explore. Okay, great. Mm. Now, how do we know, Mm -hmm. or how do you know Mm -hmm. that the, what you're calling exploring, which Mm -hmm. it does sound like exploring, Mm -hmm. it wasn't an addiction. Good question. I ask myself that a lot. Um, I have learned the difference between healthy sexuality and feeling crazy. And unfortunately, 
I am still wired that if I'm under a lot of stress, a lot of emotional pain, it can happen, although very rarely now, that I will start to have obsessive thoughts about sexuality, thinking that some sexual experience will fix it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, an, it's, a, it's a thing that happens, but so rare now. Okay. So I really do know the difference. And sometimes I'll do something intimate and I'll regret it and I'll have some pangs of regret and I'll rethink it. But that's all just about experimenting and learning and growing. Okay. It's outside of the scope of addiction. So you're I'm very aware uh, to keep an eye. You I do keep an eye. eye about I'm happy to say I haven't felt like the wiggy, like squirrely headed about that in a long time. Okay. So you break up, you were, you did initiate the breakup mm-hmm. with this guy, right? Yes. Okay, you're like 36, 37? Yeah, ish, somewhere okay. in there. And so something clicks in you mm-hmm. and you decide that mm-hmm. you've been sexually repressed? Mm, well, here's the dealio. Um, something happened between him and I that had me feeling unsafe. What was that? Oh, it's a so fair tough. question. It's a fair question. Every question's is, fair on is. this show. It is. So uh, what happened is we had in a sloppy way talked, he was really his idea, this idea of like, let's role play a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know anything about, I actually tried to establish a safe word because I wasn't feeling comfortable about it. In the meanwhile, stuff was going on where I had been concerned, did he have some kind of drinking problem? Oh, was and that it, the role play? I'm an alcoholic. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't. But it <laughs> could have be been funny to be the most. It would have been lame. Hot. On not yeah. a turn on. Yeah, not a turn on. <laughs> I'm a sloppy drunk. Right, You're right. My but, but, girl. Uh, so I was concerned about that, and he was talking about let's do this role play thing, and there we were at a basically a dinner party, and I have basically he 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 touched me under the table. Okay. In an. In, an, in a way I did not want. Are mm-hmm. you getting my meaning? Yes. And then wouldn't stop. Oh. So I, you know, for him, this was like, but we were role playing, didn't you know? And, you know, you're, the look on your face, I could tell you're like, that guy's a jerk. Well, it sounds like assault. <laughs> it, it, felt, it felt like that to me and I didn't know, have a word for it for a long time. Because role playing, first of all, I love role playing yeah. and role playing is you take on a role. Yeah. Both people do. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah, it wasn't safe. fun. And wasn't fun. That's not role playing. That's just uh, attacking Freaking someone under the awful. table with your hand or Freaking whatever he was using. So at the time, all I could do was like try to explain to him I was upset and I wasn't feeling heard. But what I did notice, Vic, is that it began to hurt to have intercourse with him. It began oh. to burn. It began to hurt. Okay. So we needed to fix me. And so I went to the gynecologist again and again and again to find out what was wrong with me. And finally, he figured out what it was. And it was called vaginismus, which is, that, which is that the body clenches down. Yep. Basically, the body is saying, I don't want this in me. This is not a good idea. But I wasn't paying attention to the cues. Mm. So it took me a long time to pay attention to the cues and initiate is a Is that breakup. what you were doing, locking your legs, and, and he wasn't able to actually have sex? No, hon. No, no, no. Isn't that vaginismus? Uh, no, uh, just so you know, the locking is not of your legs. So we were not having a tussle. I was trying to give myself to him right, and, you and my vagina was locking, okay? <laughs> you can't see it as well. But my vagina was like, no, get him out of you. And that's what went down. Okay. So, so when the relationship was over, I was certain and very resentful 
that he had ruined, this is me in a victim state, right. that he had ruined sex for me for the rest of my life. I right. thought I would have vaginismus for the rest of my life. Mm. So first order of business was mm-hmm. I needed to figure out if that was the case. Wow. Some field studies. I needed to do some field studies. So um, I did have a date maybe a month after the breakup, though I was still grieving. I did want to have a date. And eventually I found out that vaginismus was very much connected to that partner, not to anyone else. Thank God. Hallelujah. I was really grateful. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Now, if I'm listening, like you all are listening to the show right now, and I am actually. Oh, good. I'm glad you're listening. <laughs> I am here listening. Mm-hmm. I am thinking to myself, so far, Vic, I haven't heard anything that is kinky about this girl. Yeah. She talks about kinky. I know. But like, come Where's on already. I want to hear what the kinky is. All right. So, so tell me, what, what makes right. you so kinky? I think one thing that made me kinky is that I was willing to go on Craigslist and begin exploring the different things people were doing. Why didn't I- you answer any of my ads? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe because we didn't like the same thing. No, impossible. Okay. So you went, so that was, when uh, and so what, like, what were those things? Okay, so... One thing I, I think the first thing I looked for was called MM for W. M means male. Mm-hmm. And then the second M means male. Right. And then the four means this is what we're looking for. And then the W, that would be me. So the, there were, these would be two guys looking for one girl. Yeah. So that's what you started doing. That's what I looked for. Okay. And it took me until just recently to finally manifest that experience. So are these bisexual men? That's what I was looking for. And how's that working out for you? Well, now that I've actually had some experience with that, I can see that in my future. Okay. And how how many? Meaning like I want more of that. Okay. How many times have you had that? Um... Well, I would say it was one very special night. Um, I'll just say once-ish. Okay. And yeah. what about the, the disease? I mean, mm-hmm. doesn't that scare you? Yeah, it does. Uh, in, in, you can catch a cold, you know, and it is cold <laughs> in flu season. <laughs> I think it's really important to be aware of your STD status. And so people who are really sexual as I am, it's recommended that we get tested once a quarter. Mm-hmm. And then learn how to have what, there's a sex educator named Reed Mahalko, and he recommends you learning how to have an STD elevator talk a quick back and forth so you can clarify what does this partner need to know, which includes what is my current status? Have I had any oopsies since my last test? Is there anything you need to know? What do I like? What do I not like? And like that. Okay, so you've had your bisexual experience. What else makes you kinky? Uh, Well, that's when, uh, after the bisexual experience, I met a friend who... Well, wait a minute. I met a friend on Craigslist who became my running buddy and we kept, you know, trying things together. And he mentioned that there was a, a dungeon, an, an S&M dungeon in Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. I was like completely fascinated and I asked him to take me. Okay. And so that was like the, the uh, you know, the door that opened up the Pandora's box. So who that's, knew? that was your hot button. Who knew? I, I attended, it, it was a very uh, nerdy environment, like meaning... There I was, and this I actually do this in my show. I explore with the audience like what it's like to be the first timer at an at a BDSM club at right. a dungeon. So I what does was, that mean, club? Well, there are a lot of places in Los Angeles and a lot of metropolitan How cities. How many? 
How many? Uh, there's, I could probably think of several in LA. One of them is called the Sanctuary. Another one is called Threshold. These cannot be found online? Oh, yes. It's legal. Yes. Yes. There's no actual sex happening, correct? Uh, that's right. In California, there are certain things you can and cannot do. And when I say there's no sex, what I mean is there's no intercourse, oral sex, anal sex. What? Well, I should say that if you were paying for the services of a professional dominant or submissive, you know, somebody to play with you and you're paying for that person, yeah, there are really strict laws right. about that. And so, just to be clear, you're not engaging in intercourse at these dungeons. You're engaging in S&M. I just want to clarify that there there is a place called The Lair, which you have to be invited to by someone who already is knows about it. Okay. Where... Yeah, you can play as deeply as you want. Oh, okay. Is that a dungeon? Yeah, they call it that. It's mostly okay. outdoors, that place. But You've been there? I have. Okay. I have. I, it's not my bag, but I've mm -hmm. been. I've attended classes. Let me tell you, BDSM people, super nerdy on the classes. BDSM. BDSM. B, bondage, D, domin domination. The B, B is bondage. The D is dominance. The S is submiss submission, but the B is also bondage. And the S is also sadism, and then the M is masochism. So two of those letters have two different word, you know, words blended in there. Say that again. That? That's confusing. The to me. B and the D is bondage and discipline. Okay. The D and the S is also dominance and submission. Okay. Then the S and the M is sadism and masochism. Okay. So a couple words are doing double duty. I'll have to. Are you getting? I'm gonna have to play this back later. I'm not good at algebra, yeah. geometry, yeah. And that kind of thing. But trig. Yeah. Okay. This is tricky. It's even mm -hmm. more complicated. So you uh, go to the dungeon now. I went to the dungeon as a neophyte and I, nothing, not much happened for me, but it awakened a hunger. And what's that hunger? The hunger was, I wanted to know more about this and I wanted to experience it in a safe environment with somebody I could trust. Okay. And what is it you discovered and want more of? So what I discovered, well, what I wanted more of, what I was very keen on experiencing was being a submissive. Okay. I wanted to be submissive in a relationship with a safe partner who had a lot of skills in terms of keeping me safe, in terms of care, love. and How do you define, what would you be doing as a submissive if I were to turn mm -hmm. a camera on you in mm -hmm. your submissive moments? Well, you wouldn't unless, you know. But anyway, I'm just saying, I, I'm saying, okay, so I know you don't videotape. Me, right. <laughs> so <laughs> I just am curious what goes on. Right. And this is really touchy For to you. talk. I, should, I will tell you, this is touchy to talk about, as you may guess, because I am a very strong woman. I'm a businesswoman. I'm a savvy professional. I am an empowered um, communicator. Um, it, it's important for me to be a role model to those that I know and all that. Right. So to say that I have an interest in playing in this way is pretty can be very controversial and even upsetting. So I want to acknowledge that for those who are like, what is she about to say? Having said that, uh, with all the power that I live with in the world, having to take care of myself and all that in the world, it is extremely relaxing for me to, to lose that control and to surrender mm -hmm. to somebody who's safe, you know? Okay. And that would mean taking direction doing what I'm told. Talk closer to the mic. It would mean Get taking through. <laughs> it would mean... Look at me when I'm talking. <laughs> you. That's good. You. Okay. Yeah, it would mean uh, basically letting another person be the boss 
of my experience for a period of time that we would negotiate. Okay, now when you say safe, yeah. what's happening that's dangerous? Good point. There's a lot that can happen. Uh, in terms and I want you. I'm talking about you, uh-huh. not theoretical. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I'm in danger of sometimes getting my feelings hurt. Oh, okay. <laughs> Am I hurting them right now? Because I don't want to. No, no. But, no, they, what I mean, I'm, I'm actually talking about within the context of S&M play. Yeah. Like, okay. uh, in in the in playing, there's you're supposed to have safe words, and the ones I use are yellow, which means I'm getting a little overwhelmed, or red, which means everything stops. And uh, it's really important for me to really trust myself and truly say yellow or red. What's, so go on, sorry. So there was one time when my partner was trusting that yellow and red were in my vocabulary, and I would say them. And yet I was actually feeling kind of overwhelmed and wasn't saying anything. And so after our exchange was over, I was like, my feelings are hurt. You did this. And he's like, wow, I feel like a monster right now because that's not our agreement. Our agreement is, is that you are clear about what's okay and what's not. Okay. So when you're involved in uh, the S&M thing, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to diminish it. That's Mm -hmm. just what I'm calling it. Mm -hmm. The S&M play maybe Mm -hmm. is more accurate. What is going on? I mean, I'll just throw some things out, okay? Are you being tied up with rope? Sometimes. And people who are into rope, there's a whole subset of them. They're like rope masters. And there's even even a subset of rope people called Kimbaku or Shibari folks who are... Is that Shibari what you Jews do on Friday night? Is that... (laughs) Oh, no, that's Shibari. It's it's Japanese. It's a Japanese art form of of rope tying. And there's even six styles of that. Uh, But the point, your point is... Do I like to be bound? And the and the answer is in many circumstances, yes. Is that and when I say bound, I'm talking about tied up when yeah. you can't move. What right. about tape over your mouth? Tape does not sound good at all. I mean, I, they I, do sell that. I'm going to be honest with you. Oh, not, like if it's the tape that peels off nicely, yeah. that would be okay. But I did some d- research. Don't use duct tape, people. <laughs> don't do that. Well, no, then we're getting into a whole nother world. I uh, did some research. Yeah, I for bet this you show. did. I oh, did really just for the show. I did. Interesting. Yeah. Tell us more. I went to the pleasure chest uh, after I knew you were going to be on the show. Aww. And I looked around. Mm-hmm. First time there. Never. Yeah. Oh, hey, Vic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a problem when you need a shopping cart. <laughs> that wasn't the case. And I, But I was looking around and uh, I found it very interesting mm-hmm. what was there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my first time ever being in a sex store or seeing, mm-hmm. but I want to refresh my memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, nipple clamps, is that a part of your world? Uh, yeah, it has been. Pain? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so so I've used them on others as a dominant, and I've had them used on myself. It's not something I dream about, but it's pretty intense and powerful. It's okay. for the lazy dominant who doesn't <laughs> want to just keep his hand there. Okay. <laughs> what about um, uh, paddles? Spanking? Yeah. Yeah. So about the, you, a paddle is... Um, Basically, if you can imagine a sorority paddle, you know, it's a piece of wood. That's something that if somebody's using it, better know what they're doing because even a light hit is going to have an impact. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've been hit and I've used one and been one, had one used on me. Okay. Yeah. So I, what you're getting is kind of what we call impact play. <laughs> okay. Isn't that interesting? So, you know, for everybody else watching uh, from the outside, it's called, he's hitting her. We just call it impact and sensation. Okay. Impact and sensation. Would mm-hmm. that be uh, always with a paddle? No, no. And Most what about with a whip, a riding whip? Look, let me tell you, the people that have, the, who love this stuff the most, impact play, were variant acronyms. O-T-K. Can you imagine what Over that? the knee? Yes. You know, it's funny. Hand spanking. 
people and speaking. Yeah. Is that part of your world? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's funny. Is I um I was really horny. Uh, <laughs> I mean, not that that's a rarity, but I I went on Craigslist. Yeah. You know, Craigslist is. I don't go there anymore and uh, just, it's not and really what it I. used to be. But neither do I, because yeah. now I have a community of friends, That's you cool. know, who are sexual. Yeah. Yeah. So I go on this thing and um, the woman says she's into CBT. Yes. I was and wondering if you were going to bring up that acronym. So I'm like, uh, yeah. No, you did not. <laughs> I swear to God. Tell me you Googled it before you met no, with her. I didn't even meet her, but I put it in. Yes, I am. I'm completely into CBT. Oh no. And then... Um, She's like, are you experienced? You know, she was very hardcore. Uh -huh. Now, if you don't know what CBT is, it's cock and ball torture. Yeah. Which means I was going to probably be signing up to get kicked in the nuts. Maybe. Uh, electrodes to my balls. Maybe. If I can clarify. Yeah. People into this scene are very dramatic with the language. Scene, yeah. And so it could actually just mean some very light play or mm. maybe just scare my submissive a little bit. Okay. Or it can go into a deep, a deeper version of it. And there are people who have, and I've met a few, who have a very specific fetish of being kicked right in the nuts. Uh, and I can't understand how it's okay or how they are okay with it. It's their thing. This is how, what they like. Yeah. Now, do you like torturing a man's uh, private parts? Not, well, not so much. It's not, I, I, it's not something I think about all the time. Right. It, it's not, and, and yet it's not off the menu. Okay, there so are moments where I'll be like, <laughs> and what I just did, just so you know what, a little is, flick to the ball. I, yeah, a little, not to the balls. No, okay. that's not nice. Okay. That would be too hurtful. It's up to a, a dominant partner to know exactly what they're doing and make sure you're doing no damage. Gene, how much of your life, let's say in a week, is spent oh, no. in this world? <laughs> well, now that I'm, I've written a show and I'm in the midst of a campaign to support the show, I'm talking about sex quite a lot. I mean, I'm tweeting and blogging and Facebooking and sending updates to my 80 supporters and all that. So it's really on my mind and I'm talking about it a lot. But that aside, let's just think about it. I just went to a weekend workshop, which was very special on Tantra. Okay. That was my first ever learning about the energy of sexuality. Mm -hmm. So that happened. Then I came home and I facilitated a snuggle party. <laughs> so that happened. Right. Um, uh, you know, so besides that, you know, I am having a date or two in the next week in the weekend coming up, but those aren't partners, but dating. Right. So does okay. that give you an, an indication? A little bit. I mean, mm -hmm. is sex on the brain 24 seven with you? Would you no, say? No, no. I have to do things like, you know, look at my finances and then I food. I went to Trader Joe's. <laughs> okay, that's a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow. I drive sometimes here and there. I mean, I, are you having an orgasm a day? No. Two a day? No. Three? No, it depends actually. And many women listening would agree. It really depends on my hormones and where I'm at. You know, before we started the show, we were talking about testosterone and, yes. and all of that. For me, at a certain, basically, uh, when I'm ovulating, is I believe as close as I will ever feel to a man's everyday experience on testosterone. And, and, and I just want to say, for me, it's slightly fun because it doesn't last a ton of time. And it also is very annoying and frustrating. So I just wanted to say to you guys, I'm sorry. That's tough. It is. It's not easy. Yeah. It's a tough road to hoe. Yeah. As they say. Yeah. Yeah, I did purposely say ho. You did. I did. And I might say Sneaky. it again. I might say it again. Uh, so you're very public about this. Yeah. Now, there are a lot of women who would say, and I hear you ladies 
listening. Mm-hmm. You're like, mm-hmm. of course, she's horny. She's mm-hmm. like, you know, you get in your 30s. Mm-hmm. Women often become more sexual because they're more comfortable with themselves and hormonally perhaps. Yeah, and even in the early 40s, there's a spike. Okay. Yeah. So maybe you're typical. Mm. You're not I've- necessarily kinky. You're just like a woman. Well... Well, I mean, I think BDSM, we're, we're thinking that people into that world might be 10%. Like, okay. if, and if you've ever, like, wanted to be, play a little rough with your partner, you're kind of into BDSM, just so you know, my friends. Um, but but people who are deeper into it and geeking out and going to classes and such, a lot of us are saying there's probably one in 10 of us who are kind of into this stuff. Gina, are you a runaway train? I mean, what do you mean? what's it going to be like next year for you? I mean, could this thing get to the point where you're in like a daisy chain with 15 people, you know, and <laughs> you're like God willing. But I mean, Aww. like, like, I mean, is there a danger that like, when is enough? Like mm-hmm. what's too far? Mm-hmm. And I know I get it like being hurt. Probably mm-hmm. if you're getting beaten, that's not going to ever happen for you. Mm-hmm. But do you know what I'm saying? Like when, think- when do you get quenched? Yeah, I, I think I'm understanding your question. And I've asked myself that too when I'm feeling really self-judgmental mm-hmm. as well. And I'm not trying to judge you. Right, I'm just curious. I, right. Um, I, I think it's true that this phase of my life might be more sexual than other phases because this past few years have been so beautiful, profound, and I've tapped into energy and I don't want to ever give that up. Um, what I am finding is that there seems to be other, you know, every so often I'll get an opportunity to experience yet something else I haven't tried. And I am really interested in trying things I've never tried before. So I'm an adventurer in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly don't, I, I, sometimes I feel actually like I'm a little bit prudish within my community because I pay such close attention to what I'm ready for. So sometimes I'll go to an event and I'll be like, oh, what's an event? Oh, like the snuggle party or okay. I went to, you know, you had noticed I went to Polypalooza last month, which was a four day workshop experiential experience, you know, of learning about polyamory. Which is what? Which is the concept of having more than one love concurrently. So now, that could I mean that you're married and you have a third lover that lives in. Or it could be you're married and you're both able to have um, lovers outside of the relationship in a consensual way. Or it could mean like me that you date several people concurrently. Everyone is aware that I'm not monogamous and I, I protect my partners and myself and am above board about it. And mm-hmm. I call that solo polyamory. Solo yeah. pa- polyamory yeah. being what exactly? The solo part is that my primary partner is myself. I'm okay. focusing on my own growth and things like that. And that, um, so I'm not living with a partner, although I think I'm ready to build the family of my choosing though, which is a big deal. And I certainly have never said so publicly. What does that mean, a family of my choosing? Well, it means my choosing would be, I don't think I want a child. And yet I want what's called a family, which is, you know, somebody to look out for me when I come home and somebody who's going to pick me up from the airport and I'll do the same for for him. And his leather mask. <laughs> no. It's like, hey. I know. I'm just kidding. Yes. I'm but, joking. But my point yeah. is, is that... Uh, that sounds the, like a relationship. Yeah, yeah. But not necessarily a monogamous one. I don't right. think so that's going to be... So there might be, be two guys picking you up at the airport. That's right. And they will be bisexual. <laughs> okay. I hope. Okay, good. Does yeah. that, that turns you on, the guys watching two men have sex? 
oh, like no, like nobody's business. And I'm so happy that now I've now that I'm talking about this more publicly, I'm finding lots of women who like it too. I thought I was the only one. I'm the one who would watch reruns of Queer as Folk and just go just crazy looking huh. looking at all that stuff. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that really gets you excited. It does. And and you have an opportunity to experience it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Okay. It was such a gift. It was such a gift. And I, I, I think I want to go out on a limb and tell you how that went down. Okay. So I was at a, this polyamorous conference, basically workshop. And, and we were at an event where they, the facilitator was Reed, who is very comfortable with me saying that, Reed Mahalko excellent facilitator teaching, teaching us all about, you know, setting boundaries and honoring ourselves and all of that good stuff. And he said, oh, at this event, you know, there is an opportunity to try a lot of different things. And I'd like for you, if you want to be really courageous and raise your hand and, and tell everyone what it is you would like to experience. Okay. And so I had the guts to say the thing that I had been, I realized I wanted ever since I was 14. Mm-hmm. And so I raised my hand and said, it would be really nice if there would be two men who would kiss each other and let me watch. So it's just kissing. Whatever they would be willing to do, but that would be enough. Wow. And, and you know, and so in the context of that experience, some guys kind of like wink, winked and said, let's do this for Gene, you know, who who would, you know, let's have Gene participate. So you just watched? At first, but let me tell you something. What happened for me when it happened that evening is my, my inner like teenager surfaced. I felt this incredible vulnerability and, and profound embarrassment. I felt like such, I, I'm using the word a lot, but I felt like a nerd. Mm-hmm. And, and so when these men, these lovely men were having, doing this for me, I was just, I was, um, it was like, I was looking at the Beatles. I was so like, <laughs> which two, <gasps> which two? I, we know, you know how it is. The girls would faint and stuff yeah. like that. That's how I was. And I was just, so I was like, they couldn't possibly be doing this because they want to. They're just doing it for me, right? But they actually were enjoying themselves. I'm sure they were. It was so oh, amazing. So you guys were all naked? No, no, I don't, not that I'm, no, no, no. Okay, I was imagining something much more sordid. I was I, imagining two naked guys kissing. They weren't, not that I'm remembering. So just watching them kiss, you being fully clothed, that was it. It was so lovely. Very innocent in an, so in an interesting sweet. way. So sweet, so sweet. So you got this play. Mm-hmm. How much is it costing you to produce? I'm raising $23,250. Is that specific enough? So, it is. Yeah. So that covers things like the venue and it covers a press person to help get press and it covers um, like printing and there's so much that goes into producing Handcuffs, a play. And also leather. Right. But also the cost of the director and lighting designer and all these things. Right. So you're going top notch. Mm-hmm. This isn't high like quality, a small nook and you know the small theater Mm-mm. okay i'm gonna do it beautifully uh-huh and it's a solo show so solo i am the polyamorous I am, I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the solo storyteller i embody 20 characters several of them men okay yeah cool. now what is it people might be listening thinking mm-hmm. um god this girl's horny yeah uh, what are the voices in your head that's that mm-hmm. you say to yourself and how do you answer them well the voices in my head are saying gene are you going to regret all the things you shared on the show tonight. So I'm having um, that. That happens. Is this, is this unusual for you? Yes. Have you been more open than ever? Yes. I've okay, told, well, I've told stuff that. I have not talked about. Okay. Again, I do want, you know, this is a good thing to be reminded of. Yeah. Um, when Jean and I spoke earlier, mm-hmm. she, she was caught, she was 
very excited to do the show. I'm very open about it. But there was also, I don't want there to be the feeling that Gene just basically is going everywhere around town talking about, oh, this is what I do sexually. Um, in a way, this is probably, I'm guessing, part of you're experiencing your sexuality through doing this in the show, in a way. In a way, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to share the message that if I, somebody that you can like and trust, can give herself, give myself permission to explore, then maybe other people who are listening to this can ask them, can, can give themselves similar permission. That's my mission. And yeah, it does help me because the more open I am about my sexuality, the less energy I am taking to contain and, you know, who I am. And right. I happen to like talking about these topics. Yeah. It just is what it is. I do too. Yeah. And I, I think- We should that, do some more. Yeah, I like it. It's very <laughs> interesting. And I like the honesty. What I always find interesting about honesty, Gene, is the more vulnerable and the more I share the embarrassing, what I imagine to be embarrassing, mm -hmm. the more likable I become, even though I think I'm going to somehow be less likable. Mm -hmm. People like vulnerability. It makes us human. That's what makes everyone- uh, I think that not being vulnerable is is where we end up in pain. I've had people yeah. tell me that um, that they look like I had a shell on sometimes, like I would have this persona. Yeah, and I'm hoping that there's less of that, and that I can be just as powerful in the world by having an open heart. Why yeah. do you call yourself kinky? Well. I actually wanted to make sure I qualified as kinky because I think it's a cool word. Okay. Um, so, well, I think people into BDSM are under the umbrella of kinkiness. So okay. because I like both, I consider myself 70% submissive and 30% dominant. Uh, right. then I believe it simply fits into that. The fact that being bound helps me feel relaxed or being told what to do, I find very joyful. I mean, that's not everybody's typical thing. Okay, now here's my thought on mm -hmm. this. Okay, the only thing I think is kinky would be hair. People can have kinky hair. Okay. okay? It'd be kind of like curly and tight. Mm -hmm. and, but I believe that what is current, what, what we consider or many can call kinky mm -hmm. is just creative. Mm. I think of kinky as like, for example, um, I think role-playing is a really fun thing. Mm -hmm. And very creative. And it's creative. Mm -hmm. And anything that involves, generally speaking, not all, but a lot of what we think of as kinky is actually stuff where we're being, we're creating a story mm -hmm. within the sex, yeah. where we're being innovative, mm -hmm. where we're not just between two bodies having sex. Yeah, yeah, and, I agree. And I think it's, yeah, so I just think of what we call kinky as imaginative, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and I think that, I think everyone has it in them. I think there's a lot of things that there are a lot of people would like to try or would just enjoy checking out that is, they would consider taboo. If it's between consenting, consenting adults, why not? Is porn a part of your world? A little bit. You, you'll be surprised. Maybe you won't be surprised based on what I've told you. Gay porn? What? Gay porn? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So specifically on kink.com, there's a section, they have many different kind of stations because everyone has so many different slight, you know, kinds of kink. Right. There, there's a, I think it's still there. I haven't looked at it in a while, but there's this area of kink.com called Naked Combat, <laughs> where the men wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sexy. That's Yum, funny. yum. Yeah. You're big, uh, are you a big wrestling fan? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
that's free. Like, you know, yeah, all that. So uh, what is it that you're still waiting to do? Um, you know how the kissing piece happened? Yeah, uh-huh. Well, I'd like there to be to try more of that in the right circumstance. Okay. So, you know, to get past the nerdy feeling and get into my body and really be present for it. And uh, given that I'm with two caring friends, have more of an exploration of that. Now, it's very, you know, it's like I said, it's very bold and it's very honest mm-hmm. that you're talking so openly about this. And I'm just curious, how much of this could be mm-hmm. exhibitionism? Mm-hmm. A sense of, I know you're not, you don't look like you're getting off. You look very vulnerable right mm-hmm. now, actually. But is there a sense of exhibitionism well, or not? Well, I will tell you this. When I was writing the show, I would workshop it. And I brought it to a lot of writing, you know, brought it to several writing teachers. And they asked me the hard question, which is, why would you want to write about this? Why would you ever want to share this? Et cetera. So I had to really give a hard look to, to that. I also had to give a hard look to how it would impact my corporate career. I had to actually be willing to give it up completely without any assurance of what I would do next. I had so much fear about that talking about sexuality would make me a pariah. So it actually was a big risk. Do you work with Fortune 500 companies? I have, certainly. And what are you doing with them? Uh, what kind of work? Oh, yeah, I give corporate training. So so I'm giving customer service classes. This is not to a Fortune 500 company, <laughs> but soon I'll be giving a customer service class and in another case, facilitation skills, communicating with diplomacy, sometimes stress management. Okay, like so that. this is hardcore, very buttoned down corporate. It's very buttoned down in corporate. That's your background? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where I earn in doing training and consulting. consulting. So then why, why are you going so public? I think... Sacrificing, uh, sure, income and a career that you've built for what, 20 years? Yeah, 13, 13. 13 years. And so. the answer is because I was called to, because I was called very strongly to. So it's a spiritual yeah. thing? Thank you for saying it. Absolutely. When I had a certain U-turn, a creative U-turn in the, in the course of writing the show, you see, I had spoken to my mom about my sexuality it was the first time I ever realized that I had a lot in common with the LGBTQ people because I was actually coming out to my mom about being kinky. Lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, L- queer, queer. That basically the gay community. Bisex, trans, we'll just call it transgender. The gay, it's, it's the gay community. Anything along. other than heterosexual. Yeah, all those folks. I never thought I had anything in common. But can and you say the acronym LGBT? LGBTQ. You can go through that with us. I'll try. Lesbian, bisexual, LBG, is it? Gay. Gay, transsexual, yeah. LGBT. And then queer. What is queer? You know what? Some people are identifying as queer and they're not calling themselves gay. Is that like flamboyant? I don't, I don't know, know what, what say, that means. But somebody just but, recently said I'm okay. identifying as queer because he like, I don't know what to say. Okay. So I don't know. You can look that up online. We're yeah. Giving, we'll and figure that out. And guess what? And there's a new acronym too. Yeah. Somewhere in there is A. Hmm. Bet you don't know Asexual. what that is. Yeah. Which they Come call on, them. Don't I get a prize? You do. I'm going to applaud for you. Thank you. No, I want to be whipped. <laughs> so they they, they call them. 30% of you. Uh, <laughs> they call themselves aces. And these folks do not have an impulse to be sexual at all. And wow. it's very annoying That's for them. Sad. It, well, it just is what it is. For me, it would be sad. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they might oh, feel like they're messing we're, up. We're getting, we're running, we're getting out of time, but not quite. But I wanted to talk about your mom. You were saying you were talking to your mom. Why did you feel the need to tell her about this? Because she wanted to know why did I break up with a man I'd taken home for Thanksgiving whom I loved so much? Well, how long did you know the guy? Oh gosh. We, we were together for two years. Okay. And you said because? 
Well, at first I just I had was, vaginismus. I my no, vagina was a, burning. No, no, this is since then. <laughs> okay. Since then, I found a dominant partner who oh. was my lover for, for almost two years. Oh, I did not know that. You didn't know that. Is he part of your awakening? Uh-huh. And you're you're done with him. Well, the relationship is over. Okay. And now he's married and has a new baby. Oh, okay. So, yeah. but you have you. But moved at the on. time, I was. Very much in love, took him home for Thanksgiving. And then a few months later- Hollywood, I, Florida? Yeah, I took okay. him home. Uh-huh. And a few months later- In a were, carrier? Was he into S&M too? Was that you? <laughs> if, if you're an S&M, you'd bring him in a carrier. You know, like he, he was the submissive. You'd oh, bring him no. in like a little Oh, if I may carrier. say, he was a dominant. Oh, you right. You told me that. Okay. With a capital D. Okay, great. And nothing but a dominant. Okay. So the point yeah, is, is that on. I broke up with him and my mom who wanted to comfort me, wanted to know why I was being incredibly vague. And finally, I just said, mom, I need to tell you a little bit more about the breakup. And it, some of it had to do with our sexuality wasn't ma- matching up well. In what way? In what way is that I find out that I find that I am a switch. Switch meaning you're both submissive yeah. and dominant. Yeah. So other things too weren't, you know, quite gelling, but that right. was a big part. With the submissive in you is the one who likes to be told what to do, yeah. who relinquishes control. Yeah. Okay. The The dominant is the one who is in control. Yeah. And that's 30%, you yeah. would say. Yeah, because what I notice is I, I like it at first. I like it after a few sessions or experiences with a partner. And then I kind of want to switch. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That makes things more fun, right? It's fun for me if, I, if I'm partnering with a switch. And lately I have been. Is it hard to find partners? Or is there such a world, big, vast world in Los Angeles that it's uh, the taking is there? If you just look yeah. for it, you'll find it. Yes, if you look for it, you'll find it. At least I must say, as a female. Right. Men, I think it's a different story. Okay. Uh, men have different experiences than I, but yes, I so, feel like the world is my oyster in this. When you were a child growing up, I know you mentioned that you were sexual and, and you, you should- You mean like, I'm, like, like every kid, you know? Right. Yeah. But uh, you're Jewish? Yeah. Okay. What was, the, what was going on at home mm-hmm. that you think would kind of set up mm-hmm. who you are today sexually? Was there anything where you said your dad was kind of distant? Well, well I would just say- or first, does there not have to be anything? It could just be life is what it is. Well, first of all, we certainly didn't talk about sexuality. So we're very much like every other household. Okay. So okay. there's that. And that, I believe, creates a certain amount of repression for everybody. If you, if you grow up and you're not allowed to talk about the very fascinating thing that's happening to your body right. and you can't talk about it, that already creates a weirdness, I believe, for every child. That's true. So there's that. So that's okay. Repression was going on there just, just from not talking about it. Um, then there, and I did get the impression that it wasn't a good idea for me to be in any way overtly sexual. That was not an invited behavior. Mm-hmm. And it, nobody ever said anything, but I kind of, one time I came home with kind of my clothes kind of twisted around when I was a late, you know, late teen. It was a little repressed. Well, just no, I would, had been playing with somebody. I had been heavy petting okay. and my clothes were turned around. My mom's like, oh, I don't even want to know, you know? And so there you go, you know? Okay, well, we're, we are almost out of time, but I, I told you, Jean, that I went to the pleasure chest and I told yeah. you, I don't know <gasps> if I mentioned, I did get you a gift. You did say yes, it. Yes, and I tweeted, I, I don't know if you remember in the tweet, I said, I will bring the cuffs. You did. Are I they wonder fuzzy cuffs? what that means. So oh. here's your gift. You can open it up. Okay. Okay, so here's the bag. Yes, and it is from it the pleasure chest. Nice, it, gray. It's just a little something. Stuff. Oh, it's it's candy cuffs. And so That's these right. are just like the necklaces that you would have <laughs> you when you were a child. Right. And uh and you would and it says eat your way out. <laughs> That's right. They're actually like Thank little you. candy cuffs. I wanted to get you something that wasn't too 
overtly That's sexual. That's right. I'm opening it. That now. was just fun. I'm opening so. it right now. I'm going to try them on. All right. Okay, so I'm And I'll have to eat you. You'll have to eat your way out. <laughs> did you just say you'll have to? What did you say? I did say that. Did you like that? You are. You can put them up for the camera there. We do have oh, this on camera. Thank you. She is, she's in her own element. And the other thing is, I bought, I bought myself something. What did you get? I'm going to show you. And that sound you're hearing is me eating candy. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to see. Okay, I'm really excited about this. Okay. Yeah, I consider I'm... giving this to you, but it seemed too, too forward. So and, I'm like, and you're going to have to keep it for yourself. I'm, ke- I'm like, I'm going to keep it for what me. What is it? Okay, that it is, is a, a, a pinwheel. Morton's, Morton's wheel. It's called a pinwheel. They have a more fancy it. name for it. I'm holding it up to the camera, yeah. and it's very sensual. Like if the woman is uh, is blindfolded and naked, yeah, it has. It's or a, the man. Well, in my case, I'd be I'd be playing with a woman, and I already have one. So, oh, you I'm do. I'm so glad you did. Oh, good. Okay, so now I have one. <laughs> and the idea would be that she would be uh, blindfolded or something to that effect mm-hmm. and not know where it's going to go. Correct. And you can you uh, roll it. It looks like a pizza slicer yeah. uh, cutter. It's mm-hmm. round and it has, but instead of it being uh, like one blade, it has little pin type things. That right. Are, and so if you do it really lightly, it'll be soft and sensual and, 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 and um, interesting. And if you're interested in giving the person more, quote, sensation you would just apply more pressure inner thighs are more sensitive than other parts of believe me i'm not as innocent as i look jim (laughs) i might have the innocent questions but i'm not that innocent now before we finish up tell everyone again where they can help you fund your project oh thank you kinkygene.com k-i-n-k-y that's k-i-n-k-y and then jay like a pair of pants j-e-a-n that's right j-e-a-n dot com a very tight snug form-fitting <laughs> pair of jeans <laughs> that's a what i'm kinky. wearing actually yes i know i saw i checked it out <laughs> What do you think I was doing in the 7-Eleven? Oh, my God. Yeah. You were very distracted in there. I was. <laughs> I find you distracting. Oh, my God. I'm blushing. So we want to thank you, uh, Jean, for being so vulnerable and uh, really opening up. And, and good luck with everything and the thank play. Uh, please check it out online. She's got a nice video. It's really professional looking. Mm. She can talks about the, what she's going to be doing on stage. It's a lot of money. I hope you get to it. And um, and good luck with everything. And uh, we'll follow up. We'll see how you're doing in a year from now. That would be awesome. Thank you. See what you're doing. She's <laughs> be Jean's dungeon. She'll have her own dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> but because I know her, I'm going to get to go in free. Yes, you will. All right. Well, thank you all also for joining us. It's so great to have you again. And uh, we'll see you here very soon in another episode of Vic Cohen's It's a Fair Question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair question. It's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair question. I'm Vic Cohen, and it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair, it's a fair quest, quest, question.